Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and I'm really excited about today's episode. But before I introduce my guest, I want to tell you about some great offers from our friends over at Omaha Steaks. Uh, Labor Day is almost upon us, and while a day off is always awesome, it also means that summer is coming to an end. You need to take full advantage of every grilling opportunity you have left, and what better way to do it than with Omaha Steaks? I actually think there might be a filet mignon burgers in my grill's near future. And if you want to celebrate grilling season in the most epic way possible, you have to get Omaha Steaks Deluxe Grill Out Assortment. This fantastic package contains more than 30 entrees, including bacon wrap filets, ooh, bacon, all beef meatballs, boneless pork chops, the epic apple tartlets, and more. And when you use my promo code, you not only get 50% off this amazing assortment, but Omaha Steaks will throw in another 12 burgers for free. How do you beat that? So don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com backslash hoppin. That's my name, hoppin, H-O-P-P-E-N. Again, you'll receive over 30 awesome entrees, including the 12 free burgers, for an amazing one-time price. Get to omahasteaks.com backslash hoppin' to take advantage and take your grilling game to the next level today. And now let's get to my guest. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you're going to recognize his voice because he, he's been on a couple times. This is John Stastny. Uh, he is the owner of the Wonton John's Food Truck. He's a fantastic individual and someone that... I always learn from whenever I have conversations with him. John, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's going great on my end. I I have to ask more so on your end. This is the third time you've been on the show. Are you just a glutton for punishment? Or? I enjoy it. I've been excited about it. It's always fun. Like so, And I listen to them all, so now I kind of, I'm a veteran. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And yes, you are a veteran. But the thing that I love about your appearances on this podcast is it's kind of provided like an evolution or a snapshot into the evolution of your business. Cause when you first came on, this was like, I believe it was in March or April of 2020. So we were, you were kind of just starting your food truck up and the pandemic was hitting and everything was very uncertain. The last time you came on, you were established, but you just brought on a, a chef and you were crushing the breakfast game at trucks and taps. And, and now you've kind of moved into a different season of wonton Johns. I think that is more, closely aligned with the original concept that you had. So just to kind of provide a snapshot for people, for any listeners who didn't hear the first two episodes, I'd love if you could just give us a quick concept of the business, kind of describe what makes Wonton John's unique, and then just give us the current status of where the food truck's at and what you're, what you're up to. Yeah, um, I could go on all day about it, so I'll try and keep it, you know, <laughs> Cliff's notes. But, um, you know, I started the food truck. Basically, my goal was to travel around and do uh, music festivals, um, just to kind of combine my two passions, which is to feed people and live music. So, um, obviously we started March 1st was our first day open, uh, by like March 8th, I think everything was shutting down for COVID. So all of our music festivals that we had booked got canceled. Um, originally we started with pop-ups. We did have a little bit of a name for ourselves, um, in the Omaha market, uh, before opening the food truck. So that was definitely a benefit going into COVID. Um, people had at least heard of us by then. Um, so we were able to kind of pivot and do some things, go to neighborhoods. Um, we did some fundraisers with bars where we donated part of the proceeds to the bartenders that were out of work. Um, and it really helped get our name out there and, you know, kind of give back to the people that were, you know, collaboratively helping us out as well and so it was a it was a stressful time we got through that though um the breakfast burritos really caught on fire uh the wontons people really like them you know it's it's, it's more intended to be an event type of food though like i said it was, it was designed for music festivals so we found some success um when we went to trucks and taps which is more of a permanent set up an open type location rather than going to an event or um, catering, corporate lunches, things like that, where we know exactly what we're walking into. It's um, you, we, we tried to be as creative as, as possible and came up with, you know, new specials, new burritos every week to keep people interested. We were doing mostly pickup and to go stuff through the winter, all online ordering, which was kind of scary going into, you know, not sure if it was really going to work. Um, but people responded well. Uh, we, we got on the DoorDash, Grubhub, the delivery app, things like that and that accounted for probably about 30 percent of our business but a good 70 percent was people that were actually going to our website ordering online and driving up to the back door you know of trucks and taps to pick up the food and we ran it out to the car so it was a very interesting time concept uh nobody really 
that I talked to thought it would work and I wasn't sure, but, um, especially with COVID people kind of got used to ordering online and doing that sort of thing. So, um, we actually stayed really busy through the winter selling the breakfast burritos. Um, and then I had, you know, I had the chef, I had a full staff. I was, had plans of growing. I had a few different other concepts in mind. We tried to load, uh, launch a loaded bowls concept, which was, you know, more of a healthy style, um, rice bowls, uh, salads, things like that. And we did the soft opening, which, uh, you came, you were a part of, um, you know, and, and once we, once we did that soft opening, we realized how much work that was going to be and it wasn't going to work within the space we had, uh, to do our current wonton John's concept plus the load of bowls concept. So that's kind of been on the back burner, but you know, may come to fruition at another point. And then, uh, springtime rolled around and, uh, you know, I lost my chef. He got a better job, um, with a food as a food and beverage director, which he deserves, you know, he's been, he's been in the industry a long time. So, um, the food truck is a grind. Um, and so when he left, I kind of had to reevaluate, um, what, direction I wanted to go in now that, um, things were opening back up, events were happening again. A lot of doors were opening that previously hadn't been open for me since we opened the food truck, um, to get into concerts and things like that. And so we started doing all the concerts at Falconwood and we're going to do the sweet stock concert. We're doing all the 1% concerts and that's really what I enjoy doing. Um, and so we've gone more towards the event type of business that we were originally intended to be. Um, the wontons, you know, we, we did okay at trucks and taps with those, but it was never intended to be anything where you came and brought in your family and sat down and ate the wontons for a meal. Um, it's intended to be, you know, uh, something where you can go get a good variety, high quality of food, you know, most fair food, stuff like that. You're going to get something fried, thrown in a little tub and, you know, sauced up. And I wanted to provide something that was more like elevated fair food. And that's what the wontons are. We provide, you know, a composed dish inside of each wonton. Um, and it's meant so that you can walk around and eat it. You don't have to sit down with a fork and a knife and, you know, dig in. You can walk around from, you know, different stages of concerts or whatever. And so we, it's, it's been a hit. We've been, you know, very popular at the events that we have been at. So it kind of proved to me that um, the original direction um, that I wanted to go in was the right direction. And so I'm enjoying it a lot more. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work because uh, I, didn't, I didn't replace Chef Joe. Um, you know, I just took on more. And so I've been doing all the, all the prep and everything myself, which can be a lot at times, but it's also nice to have that quality control, um, knowing everything that goes out, had, you know, my hands on it before and during and after. Um, and I don't have to necessarily rely on other people for my business to run. It's been nice to, you know, I, I know I can count on me. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the direction I'm going. I never wanted to have a big, big staff. The staff I do have is awesome. They, they help me out whenever I need it. You know, uh, I can call on them on short notice and, um, they take care of business as needed. So I try and take care of them as much as possible, but, um, I do enjoy just mostly doing my own thing. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, doing more event stuff. We try and do the public stuff. We just did that, uh, pop-up brunch at Flatiron this past weekend, which I think, um, was a hit. So it was is interesting. It was a good time, mm-hmm. but here we are. That was a great summary. There is a lot to unpack in that, and we are going to get to it. But I want to start off just by the one word that kept coming to my mind as you said all that was adaptable. It's just adapt, adapt, adapt. Different things kept hitting you, and every time you would you would pivot and do something a little bit different, where maybe it wasn't what you originally thought you were going to do, but it was what you had to do given the circumstances that you were handed. And now, because you made all those different pivots, now you're kind of allowed to do the thing that you originally intended. Was that just a natural thing for you to make those adaptations? Or did you? was there some lesson that you had to learn that, hey, I can't do my original concept right now. I, I have to adapt and survive. How did you kind of come to that mindset? Uh, yeah, no, that I don't think it was a lesson I learned. I think it's like a lesson I've learned throughout life. You know, like whenever my back's against the wall, that's when I perform at my best. Um, I've had to adapt. I've had, I've gone through a lot, you know, so it was, it, it just came naturally to me to, to, you know, think three steps ahead. And as I saw things coming, just try and figure out a way to how we would, uh, handle it and take on the brunt of whatever was going down and, uh, try and make the best of every situation. And I think we were able to do that. So, mm-hmm. Even at the point where you were still 
kind of molding wonton johns and, and you weren't getting to do events and stuff I feel like it became established. Like people knew what wonton Johns was. It was very popular. Um, in the Omaha food lovers group, definitely people would go crazy over the burritos and the different specials that you would post. At what point did you, and I, there's no like, you know, set point, but at what point did you kind of feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm established. Wonton Johns is a success. Um, really when we were doing the, to go, online ordering stuff, you know, cause it wasn't like we were getting foot traffic, you know, it wasn't like pe- we were a destination for people to come to. Um, you know, we, we were literally selling burritos out of the back door of trucks and taps. It was a speakeasy drive through is what I called it, <laughs> you know, and the That's only a perfect way to put it. Yeah. And the, the, the only way somebody was coming to get a burrito from us, if they, is if they were sitting at home and was like, Oh, I want wonton John's burritos. Like that's what I'm going to get right now. Um, you know, so when we were as busy as we were doing it that way, uh, you know, I knew I'd kind of put myself on the map. What was so. it? What was it like seeing repeat customers for the first time? Uh, it's it was it's awesome. It, it always is, and with, with our uh, we do everything digitally. So especially with the online ordering, you know, we see the names that come through on every order, which is a little different than like in a general restaurant setting where you're just serving somebody, they get it. You don't necessarily ever see their name. Uh, so with the online ordering, we got to see the same people. You know, oh, I know that name. That's the same order. That's or, or oh, they're trying something new this time. So you know, it, it, it's it's a lot easier to recognize your customers when you have their names uh, constantly, and so it's happening all the time now. Where with the wontons, we had to describe them to everybody because um, there's really I haven't seen anything else like it um, in anywhere. Um, so you know, the first question we always ask people is, have you had our wontons before? And, you know, all the first year it was, no, we haven't, you know, it was rare that people were like, oh yeah, we had you at this, this place or at this wedding or whatever. And so, um, it's cool now because a lot of people have had it and they're, they're coming back to get it. So, um, you know, it's, it's humbling because I second guess myself a lot, um, in terms of, I'm not a trained chef, you know, I didn't really have um, any business being in on this side of the industry other than I really enjoyed it. So I felt like I had a lot to prove and the fact that people, uh, come back, you know, that just shows they, they wouldn't come back to my food truck. They're not doing it out of convenience. We're not easy to find. We're barely ever open to the public anymore. So people, when people take the time to like seek you out, it's really gratifying. So Mm -hmm. now something I'm really interested in and something that kind of plays into what you were just talking about is how do you continue to market and to get people in the door once that kind of new shine wears off your business. Like I I feel like a lot of, and it's not just restaurants, but obviously through my lens, I I see it in restaurants all the time is a place opens or a place kind of like it blows up a little bit and everybody's talking about it. It's got a lot of buzz and then everybody goes there once and they kind of have their experience there and then it fades because it's no longer like the trendy thing. And I feel like Wonton John's was the trendy thing, but there wasn't that big fall off. How, how did you, or was there anything you did marketing wise or anything to prepare for that potential fall off that helped you avoid it? Um, well, like I said, we try to do different specials and everything each week and stay creative, uh, type of mind. And, you know, we, 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 play off of some of the trendy things. Like we did a hot chicken breakfast burrito, you know, but I made sure that it was going to be fire. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, hot chicken on a burrito, (laughs) you know? Um, I made sure it was going to be really good. Like we sous vide the chicken before we fried it. And so like we got it to temp. So it was a quick light fry and with almost like a hot tempura batter. So, um, I prefer like a lighter batter on my chicken and things like that. And so that's kind of like what I went for. And it, it, it turned out really well. And we did like the cheesecake tacos, which somebody posted in food lovers and they're like, who can pull this off? And I was like, all right, we'll do it. So we did like a cheesecake taco flight, you know, and we had like 75 orders the night before for them. So, um, little things like that, um, to keep, keep, keep things fresh for people, um, new stuff. And it's been a little more difficult. We grew at a pretty rapid pace over the first year, I think. And like 13th months, we hit 7,000 followers on our social media. Um, and that slowed down, you know, over the summer I've been really busy. So I haven't been able to stay on top of the marketing game as much. Um, like I said, I took on more, more, uh, responsibility in terms of like the cooking and everything like that. I don't really have a hand in that, um, other than my own. So, uh, I did take away from the marketing. So we haven't been growing as rapidly. Like we still aren't even at 8,000 and I think we hit 
7,000 in like April or something like that. Um, but I just kind of, at this point, just try and update the current followers that we do have on like what we're doing and kind of give them a little insight into our life. And like, I, you know, I don't really hide anything or sugarcoat anything. If we have a bad day, you know, I say, Hey, we have a bad day. Like this is what happened. And we apologize, you know, we'll learn from it and, and move on. And I think people appreciate that. And then when we have a really good day, you know, I give a shout out and you know, just thank everybody and let them know how grateful we are for it. So I think, uh, all of our customers really feed off of that and appreciate, you know, the kind of insight into what we're doing and, you know, no, it's not all about just grinding out and making money and whatever we want to let them know they're a part of it too. So, yeah. To you, why is that transparency so important? Uh, that's just how I am. I mean, I just, I, I like to be transparent because I feel like that's the best way to go about it. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat anything. You know, if I mess up, like, I appreciate if other people mess up, I appreciate when they own it and they say, yeah, that was my bad. You know, it won't happen again. And, or, you know, here's, here's what I'm going to do to make it right. And so that's how I try and be in my regular life. So that's how I try and be in my business as well. What's the most important thing you think you've learned in operating the food truck in whatever it's been 15 months? Well, I guess just going back to last March when you opened it, but I guess over the life of the food truck, what's the most important thing you've learned? Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's a loaded that, question. That, that is a very loaded question because I've learned an incredible amount. And I still am every single day, um, but I guess like the the most important thing is and it's actually my. It wasn't even like a lesson I learned, but it was a lesson I learned without realizing. It. And then I had my friend post on Facebook that his dad always said like don't put off today. Don't put off what you can do today until tomorrow or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it really like resonated with me because that has been like the most beneficial thing for me in my business is if I have time to do it now, I'm going to get it done because there's going to be something that goes wrong. So if I like try and plan everything out to just like cut everything to the last minute, it's not going to work out and it's going to be a disaster and I'm going to be scrambling. Um, but if I have time to do it right now, even though I might want to like, lay in bed and watch Netflix a little longer, it's going to be way more beneficial to, you know, just get that done now because then when something comes up, I have that extra time to take care of it because on the food truck, there's so many variables that, that can go wrong. It's, it's insane. Like still, we just deal with all kinds of stuff every day, but now we've developed, I've developed it, um, you know, systems so that it's really malleable. And if something goes wrong, we can, you know, we can handle it on the fly a lot better than we did initially. Um, and being, being prepared is just the biggest part of that, because if you're not prepared and something goes wrong, then you're screwed, you know? Yeah. So I think I might've asked you this question on a previous episode, but I want to get your, your updated answer based on your current place in life, current place in the food truck. And, and that's just kind of the reality of the food truck. I think when a lot of people think of a food truck, they think, oh, it's just, you know, people getting in and, you know, it's fun. They're selling out the side and then, you know, you park it and that's it. You don't have to worry about overhead and all this stuff. And, and some of that is true, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I know from talking to you off the mics, like people have no, I have no idea how incredibly hard it is. Like it is a grind. What in your mind is a number one thing that most people don't understand about working on a food truck? Um, really just all the work that goes into it to be prepared to, to do a service. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny that you say that cause I had an event like three weeks ago and it was like 125 degrees on the truck. Um, and it was just me and one other, you know, my uh, employee, Joe, she's awesome. Uh, but it was just her and I, and we were rocking out this, uh, neighborhood and we were pretty busy. And this guy came up at the end and asked, uh, you know, he's like, is this your food truck? And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. That's fun. And he's like, what's your real job? <laughs> and I, and I just wanted to like take his food back. from him. <laughs> like, But, but you know, I, I just kind of laughed it off and I was like, well, this is it. You know, I put in like 70, 80 hour weeks, usually on a good week, you know? So, uh, people, people don't understand the amount of work that goes into it. They think, um, you know, you just hop on a food truck and start going and cook and make your money and, and be done. But for me, you know, a, a day in the life entails, if I have an event at five, like I have to be in the kitchen by no later than 10 or 11 to get everything prepped ready. Cause we do everything from scratch. There are some food trucks out there that don't really do a whole lot of cooking. Um, you know, they're more concessions type type stuff where they, you know, just 
buy the pre-made stuff and fry it, which is cool. You know, that's their business model. Um, but that's, like I said, I wanted to provide like kind of an elevated version of that. And the only way to do that is to do it yourself. So, um, you know, like we make, I make our peanut butter from, for the peanut butter chicken from scratch. You know, I start with peanuts. Really? Yeah. I, I, um, you know, and then I, you know, added my honey, soy sauce and other spices and things like that. And I make that from scratch. And, um, so I have to do that every day just because I don't have the machinery to make it really like in bulk. Um, you'd have to have a big food processor to do that. But, um, we go through a lot of it. It's our number one seller. So, um, you know, there's a lot that just takes time. And then, so I have to go in and prep and do all the cooking and then do all the dishes and clean up the kitchen and then hop on the food truck and drive to wherever we're going and then get everything set up and then do our service for two or three hours and then clean up the food truck and then get back and then do my dishes and clean up the kitchen again. So, you know, a two hour shift for that people see is at least like eight or nine hours, sometimes 10 for me. And if we have two shifts on the day, you know, I'm not seeing my girlfriend for a couple of days. So, uh, it's, it's a lot of work that goes into it that people don't really see. And then, um, we, we have a minimum now. Um, and we raised it from last year. It was $500 for two hours. Now our minimum seven fifty for two hours. And, you know, people get upset about that, but they, again, they don't realize like, we're not just only going to be there for two hours. You know, we're, it's a lot of prep work before and after, and I have to staff it up. And, you know, there, there's just a lot that, um, a lot of costs that go into it. It's not a lot, as much overhead as a, a restaurant necessarily, but, you know, I have my truck, my truck maintenance, my oil, my generator, my generator maintenance. You know, I, I upgraded generators to get more, you know, quieter generators to do events and things like that. And there's just, you know, my water pump went out, my water heater went out. It's just you got to replace a lot of stuff when you're driving and things are rattling around all the time every single day. Um, your kitchen's on the road. So there's a lot more that breaks and goes wrong too. So, um, you know, you have to start looking out for that too. And that's why, that's why we have our minimum. And I just want people to know that, um, we earn it. It's not, it's not as easy as people think. So. Yeah. Listeners, next time you think that the food truck is just all fun and games, (laughs) there's, there's something that goes into it. Uh, like I, I feel tired. I feel like I need a nap after (laughs) just listening to that. That was intense. Yeah, it gets, it gets intense. It is. So, Right now, it's really just you doing all the prep work. I know you've got some people who will come and and help on the truck in terms of, you know, maybe putting orders together or, you know, being a cashier at the door or anything. But you're the one who is doing the vast majority of the work. And you mentioned before that you had more of a team and there there was a little bit more, you could delegate responsibilities a little bit. But when it's just you, you kind of, you have control over everything what what are th- what are the pros and cons to what you're doing right now in terms of you're handling everything? Um, the the pros are definitely that you know I know me and I know if I if I put it on my schedule it's going to get done, um, and it's. <clears throat> It's, the, it's not that most people aren't reliable. It's that most people, you know, when it's not their own thing, aren't going to, you know, care as much about it as you, regardless. You yeah, know, when it's um, your name on it, you're going to push harder. Right. And and I know that if I say it's going to get done, it's going to get done. And I don't have to, you know, worry. And even if I do, you know, had people that I know that um, we're going to get it done, which I have in the past, it's still stressful, you know, giving that up and, you know, going on vacation and having the truck running and knowing that things are going, going wrong and I'm not there to, you know, do anything about it. So you don't really get that break. It, it, I never really got a break. Even, even if I was able to step away for a week and go on vacation, which I was and Joe took over and he did a great job, but there's still things that go down. Um, to where right now, I, I enjoy it because when I take a vacation, there's nothing going on back home. The, you know, the truck's parked, I don't have to worry about anything. I put an auto response on my email and I can enjoy myself. And to me, that's a big deal. I, I, I need to have that balance. You know, I, I don't mind putting in the long hours, but that's why I didn't open a brick and mortar. I didn't want to be tied to something, um, you know, 24 seven all the time. And so it's nice because I don't have anybody, you know, counting on me for hours. So I don't have to feel bad shutting the truck down for a couple of weeks. You know, I post the available shifts and everybody picks them up and it's, you know, it's extra money for all my employees. Nobody's, you know, their, their families aren't depending on, me being open to provide their livelihood, which, um, is, is a big stress reliever for me. But again, you know, the, the cons are that it is all on me. So, you know, if I'm running behind, I have to find a way. And if I'm working as fast as I can, I have to find a way to go faster. You know, I have to find a way to do three things at a time, um, and hope I don't burn one of them, (laughs) you know, and if I do, then I have to hurry up and pivot and try and figure something else to go on the menu. Um, 
and you know I've I've gotten it down pretty well, and that's why we've stayed with a pretty consistent menu this year. We don't we haven't really ventured outside of the box too often. We we just switched it up a couple weeks ago and took a couple off and added a couple new ones, but that's why because I have it down to where I know that I can execute that menu from scratch, um, you know, in a certain amount of time, and I, I have my processes and everything that I can get done without. And if I do add something or try and do something different, then it always throws a wrench in it and it makes it a little bit harder. So right now, just we're just kind of, you know, set with, with our set menu and we know we could, you know, I know I can knock that out of the park um, for everybody every time. So that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. And then, you know, as we slow down fall, winter, things like that, I'll start um, trying new, new things. And, you know, winter will be kind of my experimental season. And then hopefully we'll get to Florida someday for the winter. But um, yeah. When you say experimental season, like experimenting with new flavors, experimenting with new concepts, what? Everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're just trying try different things. I mean, that's what's worked out so far for me is I just, I've just continued to throw things at the wall and see what sticks and, you know, re- really ride with what sticks and kind of just forget about what doesn't and, and keep trying new things. And again, I think that's uh, the exciting part why we were able to gain a following and not really have that huge drop off because we do um, different things a lot. Like, you know, and even, even with the menu that I've been sticking with, we did that brunch pop up and, you know, that gave me a chance to try things out of my comfort zone and try some new menu items that, you know, I've always had in my head, but never really fit in with the, the truck or the to go stuff. You know, it was a dine in setting, which, um, gave me the opportunity to do some different things, which mm-hmm. was just fun. But yeah, you, you talk about throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's really fun to focus on the things that have, that do stick and you've had a lot of those but there are some things that don't as well like you mentioned loaded bowls that was a that not was that is a really cool concept and sarah and i really enjoyed our meal like i think that that could be a successful thing but like you mentioned it's just it's not something that's possible right now so how did you how do you develop the mindset that when you get excited about an idea and it doesn't stick how do you learn to let that go before it sinks your other ideas that are potentially good oh it's just i'll attribute that to add like (laughs) it's it's so easy for me to like lose focus on one thing and get hyper focused on another that you know as soon as like one thing i decide that that's not the move i'm i'm on on to the next one right away so that's that's never been hard for me I, i i dig change i don't i don't really fear it so gotcha uh so when you're operating the truck basically you know, by yourself and, and you're kind of, you're the man in charge of everything. Like who, who do you bounce ideas off of? Who do you check yourself with? Um, well, my partner Phoenix is a good sounding board. She, she, she doesn't listen half the time anymore because I have so many ideas, but you know, so I feel bad for her because sometimes I'm just talking at her rather than talking to her. Um, but I don't, I don't really, really do that. I just try stuff. I mean, I have a whole, like I said, we're almost like 8,000 followers on Facebook. So I'll just, if I have an idea that I really want to see how people feel about it, I'll just throw it out there and see what the reaction is like. Or, you know, I'll just be like, hey, we have this on the truck today, you know, or we're trying this or whatever. And I'll just try it. Half the, like, <laughs> it's probably not a good thing, but a lot, of the, a lot of the times we put out new stuff. Like I don't even try the full compost thing before we, we put it out. I just try the components. So, you know, I have it all built up in my head, and then I try the components as I'm making it, and I don't really have time to, like, sit down and test it out but i know that the components that are going into it are good and so you know then i just ask people you know like i haven't had that yet <laughs> what do you think about it and, and they, they think i'm joking a lot of the time but i'm not so <laughs> so yeah it's just like that but yeah i just uh try it and see and that's that's how i started cooking anyways it's like half the time i don't even try the full the full thing of what i'm cooking for even if it's at home because i try everything as i'm cooking it and by the time i'm done i'm not hungry and it doesn't even sound good to me by the time I get done making it. Really? So, so yeah, I just kind of like gauge people's. You, you can tell a lot about your food by watching people take their first bite of it and looking like watching their reaction afterwards. That you know, you, you, that doesn't lie. Like they can they can tell you to your face that it was good, but you can tell if they took a bite of it what they really thought of it before they even say anything. So usually it's good, but sometimes it's not. What's the craziest thing that you just threw out there where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to give it a day or I'm going to give it a week and we're just going to try it. And it just hit. Well, the, I mean the poutine burrito, I wasn't even 
there for it. I just like we already obviously have the con- the all the components for that. The sausage gravy for our biscuits and gravy. Um, the the potatoes are the same potatoes we use in all the other burritos, and then um, just had Joe pick up some cheese curds from Restaurant Depot. And I was like, here, throw all that into a burrito while I was on vacation. And he was like, send me some pictures and I'll post it. And, and so he did. And we put it together and that ended up being like one of our most popular burritos. So I, I didn't, wasn't even there to try the components of it that day. I just, you know, wanted to put up a special. So it was, it was actually like the second week we were actually like open Tuesday through Sunday. And so I knew we had to get something up there, but I was out of town. So mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't even there to, to eat that one, <laughs> but <laughs> The way it worked out, people still like message me about that and the goat. Those are the those are the two that I get messages about almost daily. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. In that, your burritos over the winter became wildly popular. I mean, they were they were a real hit. People would talk about them, even when you know it wasn't necessarily the special burrito of the week or whatever. But even just the standard burritos seemed like they were selling very well. And I know you know you. You've pivoted your business in the summer. You want to do events and concerts. You say that's, you know, what this truck is intended for. That's when it functions best, but that's not serving burritos. Like, how, how do you how do you interact with those fans who are just like, man, I miss the burritos so much. When are the burritos coming back? Like, because you can't explain to everyone what you've explained over the last 30 minutes on this podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I just... I thank them for, you know, <laughs> like the, their message and let them know that, you know, we'll probably be doing more, be doing more burrito stuff in the fall and winter, but that we, you know, potentially have pop-ups like we did this past weekend. We had a lot of people there that were there for the goat, you know, um, you know, that was our best selling item for the, for the pop-up, even though we were offering all this new stuff, people were there for the goat. And that's, um, that's again, it's humbling that people in July are messaging me about something we haven't sold since March Yeah, really, you know? So, um, that says a lot about the quality that we put out. Um, I don't really skimp on the ingredients. We, you know, again, we get the, the thick cup bacon, we cut it ourselves. We, you know, I've, I've tried doing it in the oven so we can do it in bulk and it just doesn't turn out as well. So I, you know, I cook all my bacon in 10 inch skillets, you know, one small batch at a time and then until I have enough for the service. And then, so there's, we hand cut all our potatoes and season them ourselves, you know? So there's, there's a lot of work that goes into those. And I feel like that shines through, you know, there's other burrito places, you know, where you can get a big burrito. Um, but I feel like the, the quality, again, our sauces are from scratch, you know, the, the goat sauce obviously is, you know, my recipe that we make from scratch. And, uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's validating and humbling at the same time to know that people really like want it that bad. And I, I would, I wish I could provide it on a more regular basis, but again, without a, without a big staff, it's just not possible. We stay, I'm too busy as it is. I probably take on more than I should right now. So, um. Yeah, to throw that in the mix would just be brutal. So um, once the once the wonton stuff starts to throw down, slow down, um, we'll probably do, start doing breakfast burritos again. So. What when you go to a, a venue or um, or a concert or just really kind of any kind of event, especially one that you haven't been to in the past, and people you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want to get into it more. When people start coming up to the truck and they're just like. Wonton Johns. This is not a concept that anyone has seen anywhere else. What is it like for you to kind of open their minds to this new concept? And then, like you mentioned, to see them take that first bite and kind of really experience something for the first time. What is that like as a business owner and a creator? I mean, it, it, it's awesome. Um, luckily, I have a, you know, our, our staff that we do have the, um, works the register and stuff. They're, they're all awesome at explaining it. And, you know, they all have their favorites and it's funny because it depends on who's working the register that day as to what our best seller is. Oh really? Um, yeah. Cause, Cause like, some, of the, stuff. Yeah, some of the girls love the peanut butter chicken. Some of them, you know, other crab rangoon or the burger wontons and whoever's working on the register. That's how I know like what to prep more of that. Cause that's what they suggest. Cause people are always like, which one should I get? And it just depends on who's working that day to, to see what we sell the most of, but we, uh, for, for the festivals and stuff, the uh, concerts, things like that. Um, we always like make one of each and set them out, um, in front of the menu so people can see what they are. Because again, it's just one of those things that you've never seen before. And when you, tr- you can explain to somebody to your boo in the face, but they're still not going to like know what to expect before they get it. And then, so when they, when they eat it, it's, it's awesome because pretty much every concert we go to, like people come back and either they're getting more or they're just telling us how much they enjoyed it, which is, always a really good feeling where I get chills about it, just talking about it. And it's, uh, 
you know, again, just for somebody that doesn't have a background in cooking or anything like that, that just kind of went all in and put it out there to get that feedback. It's awesome. So now, we've mentioned several times this this brunch at the Flatiron, and I want to get into that a little bit more because this was a very new experience for you. You know, you're just talking about not having a cooking background. Um, so just to provide a little context, each weekend, the old Flatiron building now hosts a different brunch pop-up. Uh, so different different chefs, different creators can come in and kind of have a menu for, for one service and, you know, just kind of test things out on the public, see how things go. And uh, that's been going for a couple months now. It's looked very good. And you recently had your first one, and it was the first dine-in experience of Wonton John's. I guess just from a high level, what was that experience like for you? Uh, it was it was, <laughs> it was was a roller coaster. It was it was fun when we were in it. We had a great time. Um, the A lot, a lot of preparation went into it because, obviously, like, I wanted to create an experience. Like, I wasn't doing it to make money, which we didn't. But uh, I was doing it to provide an experience for the people that did come out and basically, you know, put my vision into a restaurant. Like, you know, what I've always kind of envisioned what a restaurant would be if I if I were to have a brick and mortar restaurant. And I kind of wanted to put that on display, not only for the people coming, but for me so I could see, you know, how I really felt about it and um, kind of live that out without making the the commitment that is a brick and mortar. So it was, a, it was an awesome opportunity. A lot of prep. Like I hired, um, from Carter's floral. She's a friend of mine, um, uh, starting her own flower company and she did all the centerpieces, you know, fresh cut flowers and everything like that. So we, we really like went a lot on like the small details and we had plates picked out and everything like that too. And I was going to, you know, use some of the flat iron plates and, um, but when, when push came to shove and it came time to serve, uh, we we just went with one plate just because I felt like trying to keep up on dishes. We had a staff, but I wanted to make sure the execution was first and foremost. So um, there's, you know, it, it, some things that were intended to be never were just because, um, again, I didn't want to, I didn't want to throw the whole service out the window because I tried to do too much. So um, I took the appetizers off because we were originally going to do table service. I had a couple servers um, you know, that we're going to do table service, but I was looking out at all the tables and thinking, you know, that, you know, that's going to be 15 persons, 15 table sections for each server. If, you know, we fill up and, um, we had, um, our toast goes, which are basically like handheld POS systems. And, um, there was no Wi-Fi in the building and the hotspot like covered it, but I didn't want that going out in the middle of the service. And so we scratched the table service idea. And so we took the appetizers off and really just focused on the main dishes that we had. Um, and I feel like we, we knocked those out of the park. I feel like it ended up being a good decision. I, re- I regret not being able to put those in front of people because I was really proud of them, but another day. I'm sure the answer to this question could probably take up an hour, if not longer, by itself. But I want to ask you about what are the key differences between operating on the truck and running like that, a full-service operation? Maybe hit me with two or three of the biggest ones. Um, well, you know, I, I, on the truck, it's obviously a lot smaller environment. So you can see, I sent, I don't have a 360 view, but I have like a 180 view of, you know, I have windows in the back and on the front of my truck. So I can see what's going on outside. I can see how long the line is. Um, I can see the orders being rang in. I can look over and see how, if I do have a second person helping me out on wontons, um, you know, I can see how they're keeping up and how the food's looking going out. And, um, you know, I can stay ahead. And if somebody needs bailed out, I can, you know, take three steps and I can bail them out where, um, in the restaurant, I've never even ran expo before. I was always front of the house and I worked in, in restaurants. So that was my first shift ever expoing like true expo. You know, I was on the backside of the line where I had my two cooks, Joe and, uh, John Wilcox is a good friend of mine. He's a sous chef at um, Blatt downtown. He's helped me out on the truck quite a bit. And so it was just them, you know, back there. And none of us have executed this menu before, um, you know. So we, we plated for the first time five minutes before service. You know, I showed them what the plates are supposed to look like. That wasn't the intention, but that's ended up, you know, that ended up being the reality. So uh, it was stressful, you know. And then there was a huge line, like, right when we opened. So the orders just were flying in. And we, we were used to having a... Uh, on the food truck, we have kitchen display screens. So we've got the POS screen where everything's ringing in and it fires right back. And I've got my screen on the grill and then the other station 
has a screen and we can, you know, see all the orders. We can double tap them to get them off there. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of calling out that needs to happen or, you know, um, remembering, but all we had was the one ticket that the order was written on, you know, and I had to call it out, you know, loud and clear, make sure everybody heard me, make sure everybody's on the same page, know how many orders of what they need, you know, and in order what they're coming out. And, you know, they, they killed it. Thank God. Cause, uh, you know, John has a, a lot of experience there. He's worked in the kitchen for a long time. Uh, but Joe, she's a culinary student at Metro. You know, Wonton John's is her first restaurant job ever, and she's used to working on the food truck. She's never worked a real line before, so you have me who's never done an expo shift. And then her working her first line, she was, uh, you know, poaching the eggs and doing the hash. She was working the saute station. We don't even have a saute station on the food truck. So, you know, it was it was interesting, and we got buried, you know, right away. Uh, we had, like, 15 orders in the first 10 minutes probably, and it took us a minute, but we hit our stride like 20, 20, 25 minutes in. And then we started flying it out. And, it, you know, once we hit our groove, it was it was good. But it was it was super stressful. The, the truck's a lot more easy to, like, rein in if things start to get loose. Um, where there, it's like we had the front of the house going on. You know, I had to make sure we didn't have table numbers. We just were giving people numbers at their table. And I'd say this goes to 17, so they had to go find 17 on a table somewhere and get them their food and make sure that, you know, all the food was going to the right places and um, the orders were getting taken correctly because not only had, you know, we not made the menu before, the um, Grant Triplet, the guy that wrote uh, Taxi Diver, Mm -hmm. who's in Food Lovers, um, he was one of our bartenders. You know, this is the first time ever working with me. And then um, we had Marin who runs the register on the food truck all the time, but she's ran it for wontons and breakfast burritos. So she didn't, you know, know the menu either. So it was all, it was all brand new in a brand new space. Um, it's a little more comfortable on the food truck. Just cause like I said, I can, you know, within a couple steps, touch everything on the truck. When you have a full restaurant with a patio and a, and a kitchen you've never worked in before, it's a little, a little more stressful. Yeah, a lot of this sounds like a lot of chaos at the beginning, a lot of, oh, shoot, you know, we've got another couple hours of this. How are we going to do this? But then you said, I think you said it was about 45 minutes in, you hit your groove. How did, how did you know you hit the groove, and, like, what kind of relief <laughs> did that feel like? <laughs> well, because things were flying out, you know. Like, it was just they, they were hitting the expo, and they needed to hit the expo. I was getting them played it and I had somebody there waiting to run it. You know, we didn't have stuff dying in the window. We didn't have, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're hanging, you know, one item on a four, four, you know, dish ticket um, for an extra five minutes after the rest of the order is ready. You know, I was able to like figure out how long, because that's the thing is like you need to know when you're calling out like how long certain items are going to take in comparison to other items. And when we've never done it before, you know, that's a learning process in and of itself where, you know, a restaurant that's been running for even a month or two is going to have that down to where, um, I, you know, I've worked at a lot of new restaurants, like I said, front of house in the first day. It's always very interesting because you, you have the certain fire times and when, you know, you have one person running two or three items on that menu, um, things can get behind. They have to find their groove and, you know, okay, I need to fire this and then I can do this and get this going. It's There's there's a lot, a lot of moving pieces when you're doing a full menu like that. Um, and it just takes a minute and one, you know, you, you just feel it. There wasn't any like one particular thing that happened that made me feel we were in our groove. You can just feel when you're grooving and, and we were, we nailed it. So, uh, just to run through a couple of the menu items that were available, you mentioned the, the goat breakfast burrito, the, the greatest of all time. That that's a classic that had to be on there. Yeah. Or people probably oh, there would have been, there would have been riots. <laughs> yeah. But you also had like a lox lavash. You had a shroom hash. You had some different things on there that you hadn't offered before how did you brainstorm and and come up with those different items um i've i mean i have i could write 10 menus for a breakfast restaurant because if i ever open a restaurant it's going to be a breakfast restaurant okay and so i'm always breakfast is i I say breakfast is my love language that's how i that's how i communicate you know so um i i just really take the things that i like to eat and and put them in a way that i would like to eat them. I try and be unique. I try and take, you know, classics and, you know, not necessarily put a spin on them, but com- collaborate different types of dishes, like a, you know, like a lox lavash. Like we, we didn't end up being able to serve that because the place I usually get my lavash from, so that changed like the day before, the place I usually get my lavash from, um, I couldn't get it from and I couldn't find any that, you know, was a decent price. So um, we weren't able to put that one on the menu, but it's a bit, you know, like a flatbread with lox instead of like lox and bagel. 
you know, it's, it's on, it's on a flatbread and presented a little bit differently, a little bit more crispy. Um, so yeah, I wish we could have, wish we could have done that one, but the, the mushroom hash, this room hash was actually Joe Wilmus. She's a cook I've been talking about that works for me. Um, and that was, that was her creation. I fell back cause she really wanted to put sweet corn in it and we had the sweet corn and she was getting it ready. But then I was, um, realized we needed to get like a head on the poached eggs because if we got a run on Benedict's, that could be something that really held us back. And, um, so I took her off the, the corn and put it on there and I feel like it, it was really good regardless, but I feel like the sweet corn would have been a unique touch to, you know, a breakfast hash that you don't usually get. So, um, again, if we, if we ever do something like that again, we'll. We'll know a little bit better because it's one of those things we, we thought we were ready and then we had like 10 minutes before service and we were going to start making every dish. And then once we started making every dish to plate, I'm like, oh, we don't have that ready or we don't have this, you know, or this needs to put a, be put over there. We need to rearrange the line a little bit. So um, there's just a lot of things that you don't think about until, you know, you have to think about them. So I think I got a little off tangent there. but <laughs> No, no, you're good. I think you just tied it perfectly back into what we were talking about um at the beginning of the podcast and just the the concept of adaptability like we talked about long-term adaptability and and, you know transitioning the truck to different uh different serving styles or, or um to conform with what was needed for the public at that time but now you're talking about you know in this restaurant environment you're constantly having to make decisions where i have i have one person who has a certain amount of time they can spend it doing corn or they can spend it doing poached eggs. I need to make a decision right now on what they're going to do. I need to make a decision on this lavash. I'm really excited about it, but I don't know if I can make it work at this different price point. I have to cut it. Just how how do you develop the attitude to be able to, to make those split second decisions and not guess, not second guess yourself? Oh, I second guess myself. (laughs) There's, there's, uh, when my cook showed up, cause I, I was in there, you know, at 4.30 in the morning, starting to prep, and my cooks didn't show up till 7. And when they got there, I was like, man, I don't know if, I don't know if we have time to pull this all off. And luckily, Johnny's like, well, we'll try. You know, I'll give you everything I got to try and do it. And we did it. But I second-guessed myself a lot. But, I mean, in, in that moment, you don't have time to second-guess yourself. You just have to make the decision. And even the night before we were in there, like, I pulled an all-nighter. And uh, Phoenix, my partner, you know, she's amazing. She helped me out uh, cleaning and organizing the restaurant the night before. Uh, she was there till like, 2 in the morning and then got back up at 6 to come help me because we wanted to reorganize the tables and um, do do some more deep cleaning and present it how we wanted to present it. Um, and she came in. My mom was out of, my mom was in town from Florida, Um for the first time in like three years. So she'd never even been in my food truck yet. And she, instead of like enjoying it, she was like helping me clean, you know, like helping me get ready and set up. And, and so, you know, I have a, I have a really good support system. So, um, and you know, like I said, my employees are awesome too. So when they have my back, it's pretty easy to just make decisions and move forward. Just it's bit, like I said, it's better to sacrifice a few of the smaller things. Like we took the appetizers off, um, to make sure that we knocked everything else out of the park. It's, it's better to do that. And, you know, I've got some, some grief for that, taking things off my menu in the past, off the food truck. Um, but it, it, it's, it's super beneficial because everything that went out that day was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I, f- I feel like we were stretching ourselves, um, ourselves with everything else. And when you do that, then you, then you risk sacrificing the quality of everything else in order to just put out, you know, a couple more things instead of really focusing on the quality of everything that is going out. So. John, I just learn more and more from you every single time you come on. You you just are a wealth of knowledge, and you've had a lot of different experiences that I think are just very helpful in helping diners understand. You know, even if even if they're not at a food truck, even if they're in a restaurant, you know, some of these things that you're talking about apply to all kinds of different service styles, and hopefully, it helps people understand just how much work goes into this industry, how much care goes into it, and just when that plate arrives at your table or when that wonton is handed to you from the truck, like there, there's a lot that went into that. That's some serious stuff right there. And I, I appreciate you being honest and always coming on here, bearing your soul and, and giving us some great content. Um, before, before we get out of here, you are very much an idea, man. Yeah. You are constantly coming up with new ideas. Like we've talked about, is there anything just popping off with wonton John's coming up? Uh, whether it's 
in the fall, whether it's in the winter, anything that you want to divulge right now, just basically open mic, whatever you want to talk about. Um, nothing that's like for sure. There's a lot of okay. ideas, you know, with the load of bowls concept and things like that. And I got um, also the Nick Hyde. He owns a food truck called Hyde Slides, which unfortunately his food truck had some major malfunctions within like the first week of him opening. And so he helped me out the last couple of weeks while I had Joe Wilmus out of town. Um, on the food truck. So we've, we've been talking about possibly collaborating on some sort of like a uh, virtual food hall concept, which I've talked to you about before. And uh, especially during the winter, it'll be more of like a pick, pick up and delivery um, to go only sort of thing. So if I find the right space, um, we, we might make some moves with that. And then I'm really just kind of going with the flow at this point because everything that I've tried to plan out really doesn't pan out. So uh Hey, I kind of ran. I just made that up. Nice. Uh, but, Put that on a T-shirt. But yeah. Um, so so yeah, we'll see. You know, uh, we were supposed to be in Florida over the winter, so um, the house we booked fell through, um, and now we can't find a house down there. So I had you know a spot for the food truck and everything lined up for the winter, which is I don't. I'd like to get out of here for the winter. So um, don't blame you. Yeah. If if, if we do um, do some stuff over the winter, it's more more likely going to be breakfast burrito stuff. Uh, to go stuff and maybe only like one or two weekends a month. I'm, I'm ready for a break and I still got a couple more months of food truck season. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to kind of take some time over the winter and maybe do some traveling and kind of pull back the reins and not go so hard until get ready for next year. You deserve a break. You have become a pro at going with the flow. Um, like you said, and, uh, John, I just, I thank you so much for, in a rare moment where you're not prepping, you're not cleaning, yeah. you're not doing something, you you took the time to come on this podcast, and that means I, a lot to me. Thank you. I enjoy it. It's an awesome podcast. Like I said, I listen to it. It's it's. I, I appreciate the opportunity for you. Uh, the, I appreciate the opportunity of giving me the voice, I guess, you know, to be able to, like I said, I like to give people a look behind the scenes, not only um, for for my sake, but for the, for their sake and for the industry's sake as well. I think it's important to to show, you know, and talk about like what all goes into it because as a diner, I was a diner before I was ever a, a chef or anything like that, you know. And so I appreciate a good good experience being, you know, presented to me and I like to do that, but sometimes it doesn't happen and um people can people can be out of line sometimes. So I think like knowing what goes into it really can, you know, really help diners realize, you know, all the work that goes into it and it's not as easy as it might look from the outside because that's the intention is we want you, we want it to be like a calming, you know, experience. So we don't want you to see the hectic side of things because you're not just going to enjoy your experience, but it is hectic Mm -hmm. regardless of where you're at. So, well, you doing you do a fantastic job of showing that other side and it's very much appreciated, at least by this diner for (laughs) for certain. So, uh, thank you, John, as always, Omaha. Thank you for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.